Welcome to Trial by Wine. We take a closer look at crimes that highlight how fascinating humans can be. Schmitty, Swanee and Clarky visit crimes and run them through their jury of three, debating both sides of the case to agree an appropriate, if totally fictitious, sentence. Please be advised, Trial by Wine may include explicit or disturbing content and will include drunken rambling. Listener discretion is advised. All right. How are we all? Good to see you both. Hello, hello. Hello. So good to see you. Yes. So what's been happening since we last caught up? Since I was last in a car and a toilet. <laughs> oh, wasn't that oh, nice? Yeah, the toilet finish was a solid one. Well, a little too No much pun intended. But <laughs> uh, funny. Um, How does it feel yeah, to be back love- in your normal studio? Oh, it feels more controlled. It it feels less like I'm going to lose internet at any second. That must have been you very anxious. It was absolutely less fun. The, yeah, but the well, I didn't. I won't have to mute to get rid of every time a car or a bike goes past. Um, but I and I also won't have some little old man walking, shuffling up to the car and giving me a small <laughs> conniption. Uh, but yeah, well, it was fun. It was entertaining anyway. Yes. What about you guys? Uh, Not a lot. Just finished the Christmas holidays, which was nice. We had a few days caravanning and back to it. Lovely. Back at work, your favourite. Love it. But you were hanging out to get back into the office, as was I. Yes. And Carla's always in her office. She's permanently (laughs) office-bound. We just went to uh, Broado and had a a little bit of a trip over there with the family and we're back and now it feels like, you know, it sort of switches mode and you can sense that sort of change in everybody, even in the shops and stuff. It's sort of back to business and that sort of grind, not quite grind, but, you know, little by little start to wind up for the school year and fall yeah. back to work. Yeah, it's already yeah. there. It's in the air. Yeah, that it doesn't take long changes. to forget yes. holidays, does yeah. it? No. Does it? No, no, no. All right. Quick. Cool. So what are we drinking today? I'm not in a car, so I can drink, which is good, because I was so sober <laughs> in the last episode and a bit. <laughs> yes, yes. We're having a, uh, a little gin and tonic today. Um, mm, refreshing. Which is very nice. Yeah, it's a little bit earlier than what we normally record, so we just thought we'd take it easy with a big gin and tonic. <laughs> and you, Carla? you, Carla? I'm three hours, and I'm three hours earlier than that, so I'm on a Diet Coke. <laughs> Oh, you surprised me. I know. I'm sorry to disappoint everybody. <laughs> I'm liking the consistency. Oh, it's all fine. Oh, and actually, I, I lie. It's a Coke, no sugar. What do you Ooh. call it? I did oh. lie. Well, same, same, isn't it, really? We used to just call them DCs. Absolutely a DC. Isn't... What about you, Schmitty? Oh, well, I'm alternating between a 500 mil can of V to get my energy up and my current favourite, a zero sugar vodka cruiser. Particularly like the mango raspberry flavour. Delicious. And the good thing about these is they are one Is that a different drink. case to the... To yes, it's a new case. I actually... Yeah, right. It is. I went out and bought this case myself today in preparation for not only today in terms of our recording, but also it's my niece's 21st. If, oh. If the DHHS guidance and COVID guidance doesn't change between now and Saturday, uh, we're having a little birthday party for Hen. You know Hen? She was our star, our first guest star 
She was 21 some time ago, but thanks to COVID, we're just going to get in the timey-wimey machine and do a lovely 1920s Gatsby-type theme 20, uh, 21st for her on Saturday. And I'm pretty sure some of those kids will like cool auntie's vodka cruises and I won't be breaking out the cowboy cocksuckers. <laughs> with, with the old Baileys. <laughs> with the off ba- ba- off Baileys. The, the Baileys wasn't off. It was just don't mix it with Madeira. It was the lesson. Oh, that that's thing. right. You changed what was in the bottle. Mm. That's correct. Mm. I did try something this week that I'm, in, I'm really embarrassed about this story. So uh, must have, we were at Rotnest. Someone offered me um, an Aperol Spritz. And people mm. offer them to me all the time. And I always say, oh, no, I really don't like them. Thank you very much. It's like people offer me lines of Coke quite yeah. often too. Yeah. And I say, no, thank you. I don't like it. And I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit judgy. And I have to say, I have judged people because I think, <laughs> oh, God, it's so obvious. You all just drink that. It tastes terrible. And the thing was, I was convinced. It doesn't. I've got used I know, to but, them. but I thought yeah. it was something different. So I'm so embarrassed. My story Campari. is. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, about yeah. twenty years, twenty years ago, I yeah. my, I have this memory is so clear. I was in Mykonos. No, it wasn't in Mykonos. Sorry, that's not that clear. I was in Santorini with my stepbrother, and we were sat watching the sunset. And I had a lady serve me um, a Campari, and my stepbrother uh, loved it. And it was like poison to me. So this whole awful. time, I've yes. been going, no, 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 don't want it, don't want it, don't like it, don't like it. Uh, and I suddenly thought, God, I just sort of did it under duress. And I went, This is quite nice. This is not what I, this is not what yes, I thought delicious. it was. So I'm embarrassed yeah. for every for every judgy look where I've just gone, Oh yes, let's have an uproll spritz because that's so imaginative. <laughs> Turns out <laughs> oh, I quite like them, yeah. Miss Judgy Judgy. They are so yeah. So I've had quite a few of those. They're lovely, as it turns out. Campari's disgusting. But was, why did I think it was Campari? Because the orange, I guess, right? Must have been yeah. the orange connection I've They're, made. Maybe, Tally. maybe. Campari's a darker orange, so that's a, yeah. that's a bitter, red. really bitter taste. Who the hell's drinking Campari? Campari? That is, oh, that's still with that? me 20 years later, that memory. What? And I only yeah. ever had it Don't they make once. it with persimmon? That could be a... Uh, oh, um, I don't know. Oh, maybe it is because of the colour. punishment for someone. Yes, I thought it was, that is it. I, I like it. Was it was made of yeah. I thought it was made from orange. I thought it was made from grapefruit because it's got that real bitterness to it. But it does do you have. boys remember the Foxtel Christmas party we had at the National Gallery? The one mm-hmm. where we got the limo and uh, the Tony limo. took us up That's onto the it. yeah. We got a limo and he drove us up onto the footpath and dropped us off right out the front. <laughs> It sounds like you're going to a school formal. (laughs) I wasn't in that limo. I remember walking in and it was all very posh and they served Carla Campari punches or whatever they were. And that was my first experience with Campari. And I felt like, I felt (laughs) like, um, you know, Tom Hanks in Big when he has the um, <laughs> he has the caviar and he goes yeah. blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> just wiping his tongue to get it off. That's exactly how I felt about Campari. So I know what you mean. Oh, oh God, that's funny. There we are. Try to be sophisticated. I'm like, oh, this is the most disgusting thing I've ever had. I know. I just think, God, I was being such an asshole about it. I've just googled it and it says Campari has a strong bittersweet flavour with notes of orange oh, peel, shit. cherry, clove, and cinnamon. Ooh. It's one mm. of the most bitter. I go so far as to say just bitter. I just say bitter yeah. orange peel, yeah. Yum. No sweet, yeah. Piss off. Drop it on the floor. <laughs> when I first started going out with Tony, um, he and his friends were big Aperol Spritz lovers. Yeah. 
And I had I did exactly the same thing, no, Carla. Not for me. He's like, no, 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 no don't no, like that's it. That's me. No, I don't like it. I've been doing <laughs> that for years, like years and years now. And they're like, you must have it. It's lovely. I'm like, mm, no. And same. It was like, oh, fine, all right. Then I had it, and I thought, mm, oh, actually, mm, it's okay. <laughs> and now I quite like an April spritz. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, same problem. Same thing. So I, I totally get you. So apologies, oh, everybody I've ever judged. I normally no, do. fair enough. Not really. Some of them would have deserved it. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Someone <laughs> someone peddling freaking Campari deserved that. Yes, anyway. Right. Um <laughs> shall we introduce ourselves? I'm Schmitty. I'm Swanee. And I'm Clarky. And together we are Trial, Trial by Wine. Alright, so if you two are ready, I have a story for you. Oh, I'm ready and waiting. Born ready. Yes. All right, cool. I shall launch straight in. Okay, so our last few cases have delved into the depths of humanity and I was looking for something a bit more, you know, funny, upbeat, but I didn't find it. So I found this beauty, which is totally bonkers. Great. We like bonkers. Uh, Bonkers is the best word for it and there is a bit of a double entange to it so when we get to the bit you'll understand why bonkers is the perfect adjective for this story anyway it's historic so we can laugh a bit more at it (laughs) jump into the tiny wimey machine with me and let's go back and imagine ourselves in the picturesque countryside of 19th century switzerland sorry can i just ask i know you're painting us a beautiful picture now but did you say Timey wimey or timey whiny? Timey wimey, but you can say timey whiny if you like. Yeah, I'd like a, a time well. machine that takes you around in time and has wine. Wine, good point. Yes. Yeah, that's a good point. Try I've never whiny. seen any wine on the TARDIS, and that timey wimey was a Doctor Who reference. So you know, we need uh-huh. to have a word with that Doctor. He needs to get some yes. wine on board. <laughs> yes, and not, and it can't be All a timey right, so. whiny. No, no. There'll be none Massive. of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm. Yes. Like a wine glass that is a TARDIS, so it looks small on the outside, but is massive on the inside. That is the That's best genius. wine glass I've ever heard of. And actually, I forgot to tell you this little story, guys, but I received a Christmas present today, which is not quite relevant, but it will be later. Or no, it won't, but it's still funny. Um, <laughs> you know... <laughs> You know when we did the um, Paul story about the Japanese lady yes. something Ebe, uh, Asa, Asa Ebe? Asa. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would like to remind you, does anyone remember, apart from Paul, in fact, that just means Carla, do you remember what the <laughs> sentence for Asa Ebe was by Paul? No. Oh, come on. I can't remember. Why didn't she? Mm. Hang on. Oh, Paul, she chopped off. Remember? Oh, didn't she? Didn't she? Wasn't she the penis eater? She was a eat a bag of dicks. Not eat a bag of dicks. Eat a bag of dicks, right. That was it. So so I received a lovely Christmas present from a friend of mine, Peter Durak, today, and he always goes out of his way to find things amusing. And um, it's a mug and it's very pretty. And he ha- obviously we haven't re- released that episode yet. And I think that's uh, Battered Sav yep. coming your way soon. <laughs> and, however, what a Deirdre Chambers, what a coincident moment. Eat a bag a of dicks. dicks. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. What is it? Is Brilliant. that what's a, what's around it? Is it it's, like a holly? It's a very, it's a very it pretty a floral wreath. No, no, it's a floral wreath. It's really pretty, uh-huh. and it's got no dicks in it at uh-huh. all. 
So it's I think the idea is because it's in this You don't cursive, realise what it's saying to you, yeah. You don't yeah. realise what it says until you look closely and then you realise oh. my mug is telling you to eat, eat a bag, bag of dicks. dicks. Oh. So I, I just saw it. Well, it'll go straight to the it. work office, won't it? Oh, absolutely. Right yeah. up there with I couldn't give a fuck about this place, which is a couple <laughs> <of> <laughs> I think it's something that a sist- one of my sisters gave me many years ago. Yeah. That you oh, bought yes. the whole line of merch for where you've got the cups, the mugs, <laughs> the scarf. Yeah. I digress. Sorry, but I just saw it and thought I meant to talk to you about that before. All right, so back on my story. Now, Clarky, I thought this story was quite apropos given your recent joy in asking me questions related to Christianity and faith. Right. So I thought I'd expand a bit on the theme and cover a religious motivated crime. So apart from religion, this one's a cracker. Which one? Oh, well, get there. I'll get there. You're right. Which one? <laughs> apart from religion, this story also has themes of group hysteria like our mates, the Eric- Ericsson twins. Remember, folio yeah. deux? Yeah, Yes. And I would say it's a cautionary tale about getting sucked into other people's hysteria. Just to my sources, I read quite a lot of articles on it. My sources are Dr. Romeo Vitelli, who is a psychologist and blogger, Wikipedia, the Psychoanalytic Review and the CasualCriminalist.com podcast. And he was very funny, by the way. Just on the getting sucked into other people's hysteria, is that like if you go protesting in the streets of Melbourne because Novak Djokovic's... Our visa gets cancelled. <laughs> Sorry, I was just filling my eat a bag of dicks because that's how I feel about Djokovic right now. But, yes, sorry, yes, it is exactly well, like that. You don't want to go and grab a flag and go out and dance? Because that's the way it made me feel. I'm so offended. Anyway. <laughs> oh. But apparently they were jumping on cars and everything. Like, come on. Nuts. Get sucked oh. into the hysteria, mate. My story <laughs> is set in the small town of Wildesbach. In, in the Swiss parish of Trulicon. I don't know if that's how you say it, but that's how I say Nailing it. Nailing it 100%. Yeah. And I did try to find it on Google Maps, but totally failed. Not sure it still exists. I believe it's somewhere near Zurich. The town was a very small hamlet, sparsely populated by farmers and probably a bit like I imagine our trial by wine peasant world to be. <laughs> As I nice. said... This is a bonkers story and it gets pretty violent, so strap in and here we go. Oh, jeepers. On Christmas Christmas Day, that's right, Christmas Day, 1794, Margareta Pita was born. Margareta was the youngest of six children, one boy and five girls. Her mother died shortly after Margareta was born and as the youngest she was well looked after by her father, brother and sisters. Her father, John, was a... Zwinglian Protestant. Zwingli was a contemporary of Luther who found who is the person who founded Lutherism and had very similar views on how the scriptures and Bible should be interpreted, although he and Luther differed on their view of the Eucharist, with Zwingli determining that the body of Christ was a symbolic was symbolic of a mystical transformation of a congregation when they took part in the Eucharist, whereas Luther was much more literal in his view and believed that Christ's body was somehow literally part of the bread and wine at the Last Supper. Got it? What? Yes, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Really? It was literally yeah. part of the supper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The part so, I, I've got to get. Yeah. So literal. Yeah. Did you say he was more realist? Or no, no. Just more literalist. Luther, and then subsequently Lutherism, which I talk about in a second, took the scriptures at their word. 
So it's a very literal translation right. or it's a, it's a literal interpretation. So that is the word of God. Whereas oh, okay. this other chap, Zwickly, said, oh, not on that one though. I can't really come at the fact that every time we do Eucharist there is some part of Jesus's body. We're cannibals. But yeah, whatever. He, 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 couldn't, he couldn't really come at that. So he saw it more as a transform, transformation of the congregation or even the people, the disciples at the Last Supper to say they had become, by, by partaking in this supper, you become the blood and body, uh, body of Christ. So it's slightly different right. thinking. One thing they both did agree on, though, is that, and this is where if we talk about the schisms of Christianity, this is where Lutherism departed from the Roman Catholic Church on multiple things, but on the tenets of celibacy. So the Lutheran pastors can get married. They don't They don't have the same belief about a, a priest having to be celibate or a nun, right? Okay. And not even a nun just out there getting around. Wow. Hmm. We're not getting around, but perhaps getting married. What about a priest and a nun? Is that okay? Well, I don't think they have, the Lutherans don't have priests, they have pastors, and I'm not sure what they have in terms of females. Yeah, we don't have nuns. I don't know if yeah. they have nuns. Yeah. I think that's a Roman Catholic thing. Yeah, you're right. Okay. okay. So at the time, Roman Catholicism and the German Re- Reformed Church, who were Protestants, were the foremost churches in Germany and the northern European countries. And, in fact, several wars had been waged over two centuries. I was trying to work out who the other two were. When you said foremost, I'm like, I think you only said two. Not four. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. I was just like, what? Foremost. So pretty much Europe had Catholics and Protestants and there were at least two centuries of war raged over various Christian traditions and I've got to say, it never ceases to amaze me that given that Christians fundamentally believe that killing someone else is a mortal sin, that it's we somehow justify this idea of killing someone else because they don't believe what we believe, which is just ludicrous. Love anyway. thy neighbour unless they have a different religion. Well, if they have a different idea, if they have a different yeah. idea because they didn't even have a different religion. They all believed in Christ. Some don't believe yeah. in the Virgin Mary, some do. You know, they have different ideas around, and this is the um, the schism. Some religions do, woo, some <laughs> yeah. religions don't. Woo. Yeah. Anyway, for yeah. me personally, because I know you like to razz me about being a person of faith, but I care more about the faith than the institution. So I'm not interested so much in the business, So the, whether it's the Catholic Church or whatever, I don't care about the business side of it. I'm much more interested in my relationship with uh God, Jesus, whatever, right? So faith. Anyway, that's just my view. But if you read up on the various schisms of Christianity, you'll see that what drives most of the theological division is around whether the church and state should be the same or separate. So it's all about power and authority. Yep. In the case of Lutheranism, the belief is that the church and state are one. So uh, whereas the Catholic Church keeps the authority of the Catholic Church separate to the state. So the government, for instance. You know what I mean? Unless unless you confess it and then you don't have to tell or something. Isn't there something like that? No, 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 no. That's, that's exactly your point, which is that I think, actually, if you're, I think what you're referencing is, I'm going to call it out, the endemic pedophilia and child abuse in the Catholic Church. Is that what you're talking about? Well, no, no I think it was more about the, secrecy of confession so if you confess something that might be illegal you don't have to the priest doesn't necessarily 
Because the whole point yeah, is, yeah. if I if I want to actually tell someone my sins, and I know they're going to go to the police, I'm not going to tell them my sins. And and if if a priest oh. is a vessel to help me unburden myself and repent or whatever, then by by betraying that trust, and I, I get I get the ethical issues around it, but by betraying that trust, I'm less much less likely to tell them that that's what I've done. Going back to what I was going to say though about the Catholic Church and the separation of state over the authority of the Catholic Church, which is the the Catholic Church obviously did have this institutionalised abuse going on for many years and instead of going to the secular um, powers of authority and saying, uh, you know, we've got a guy doing the wrong thing, we're going to report him, they didn't do that and they kept it cloistered inside the church and they moved them around and they frankly in my opinion, did the wrong thing. And that is the lesson for the Catholic Church to have to deal with and that's not going to finish, you know, there's there's going to be repercussions of that behaviour for a long time. I'm calling that out, Paul, before you start whatever you're going to start. I'm not starting, I'm just listening. Thank you for sharing. It was nice to hear your thoughts on that. As I said, I'm... My faith is separate from the way I view the business of a church. So I can see all of the wrongdoing of of the institution of a church and the business side of a church, but it doesn't stop me having a faith in Jesus, the afterlife, etc. All right. So mm -hmm. another significant difference between the Catholicism and Lutheranism is around the interpretation of the Bible. So Lutherans believe that the First and Second Testament and the Scriptures are the ultimate authority, the, the literal word of God to be followed, whereas the Catholic Church includes tradition in the authority. So, for instance, as I said before, Lutherans aren't interested in celibacy for pastors as there's nothing in the Scripture that says that it's a requirement to, you know, be a disciple of Jesus, whereas the Catholic Church practices the tradition of celibacy and recognises the authority of that tradition. Do you get me? And therein lies... Pretty much what I just talked about, where if you have institutionalised a whole lot of stuff as tradition, good or bad, and that is what you recognise as the authority of your institution, that can be very dangerous. Margareta was raised as Wingley Protestant and displayed a heightened, heightened religious zeal from early childhood. By the time, sorry, by the age of six, she was reading the Bible and gathering family members to her sermons. Do you remember when you were a kid? I know we did she this. She sounds like great fun. Exactly. We used to do puppet shows. You know, we used to <laughs> do a little dance. I remember my nieces and nephews. Oh, yeah, for sure. Get all the adults in the front room. We're putting on a five-minute show. Thank God none of them were religious zealots is all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I would have been keen on those little shows. Anyway, she has been described as highly intelligent and precocious and had a great deal of power over her older siblings. Whilst her two older sisters got married, they still deferred to her religious opinions and moral teachings and the unmarried sisters became her disciples. Her father said of her, I am assured that my youngest daughter was set apart by God for some extraordinary purpose. So they're all believing that she is very special. Along with regular prayer sessions, she also advised her family that they should live in in accord with Christ's teachings albeit as defined by her. And when she took her first communion, the Eucharist, she clearly displayed to the congregation her religious zealotry and divine joy at receiving the body of Christ. So she just was like, woo I got the Jesus in me. I got the Jesus in me. I got the Jesus in me, etc." 
Now I, I remember my super freak. Super freak. She's super, She's super freaky. 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 Ow. Uh, yes. Now I remember my first communion, and I've got to say my experience was quite different. I was much more interested in the really pretty dress that my mum made for me, uh, and the presents that I was going to get given, and the little after communion party that we had. Uh, so I think it's pretty clear I wasn't having a liminal experience at the time. Sorry about that. Okay. So in 1816, her uncle invited her to live with him in the nearby town of Rudolfingen. Because <laughs> your uncle always invites you to go and live with him as well. Yes. Would you like to come and live with me, little niece? I didn't actually finish the sentence because I was too busy laughing oh, at Rudolfingen. Rudolfingen. <laughs> Sorry. And act as his housekeeper. So, oh, Evan, how lovely. <laughs> I know. Kind. That's very generous offer. Kind, kind. Come yeah. and live with me and be some slave labour. Pretty much, yeah. Yep. yeah. And so she was, uh, I think, 17 at the time, yeah. So she's 17 and whilst I haven't read anything to actually say this, I'm going to exercise a little bit trial by wine conjecture and suggest nice. that she's very likely at the time to be having a few teenage dirtbag thoughts. Oh. Oh, she's oh. 17. She's in a new town, new people. She's at Rudolfingen. She's she? at Rudolfingen. That's right. <laughs> and um, we'll probably get someone at some point say, it's if that doesn't give Rudolfingen. You the it's Rudolfingen. It's not Rudolfingen, you ridiculous Australians. We know. Sorry about that. Well, I don't I mean know, not. but it's still funny. Anyway. No. Thank, uh, you for, thank you for learning us. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all I'm trying to say is that at that time, it wouldn't be unusual for a 17-year-old to have hormonal changes and she's well pubescent at this point and she's probably thinking about sexy time on and off if i'm right and her innermost thoughts were of a more base nature it wasn't a great thing for her to then come into contact with a pietist religious community and to attend their services what does that mean oh i'm about to tell you carla I'm glad you asked. Thanks for asking. The pietists, <laughs> the pietists were extremely fundamental Lutheran sect that was spreading across many parts of Europe at the time. Now, I asked a person who professionally deals with theology about pietists versus Lutherans, and they describe Lutherans as pretty run-of-the-mill, church-going Christians, Protestants, ordinary, versus pietists, and the quote was, they're a whole other band of nutbaggery. <laughs> Is that God who spoke Nutbaggery. No, <laughs> yes. no, no I, I do not have. And here's the next line. Expanding Is that what on it this. says on their churches? Like, <laughs> welcome to the Church of Piety, a whole other band of nutbaggery. Nutbaggery. I'd almost should. go to that church if it was a real one. Yeah. I think a lot of people would. Expanding on that quote. Or, what about a whole other a whole nother, um, brand of nut punchery? Yeah, I thought the same. When it, when it was said, I thought, that's funny. I've got to put that in, nutbaggery. Mm. Um, expanding on that, though, because I said that doesn't really give me as much as I was hoping to go on, uh, they said pietists thought they were on speed dial to God. So now I've read that the movement spoke in tongues. I'll have to see that phone. Yep. And when, in those days, was there a phone, actually, interesting? No, no. The <laughs> I, <laughs> and not even a dial one. That's right. No, speed. Mm. Point is, they believe they have a direct connection with God and God is telling them stuff directly. 
Not not through interpretation. Via, via cans and string. Fire, <laughs> fire visions and speaking in tongues and receiving the Holy Spirit, etc., etc. Okay. Yep. And yes, I've read the movement spoke in tongues and were much more extreme in their views on how to live a pious life. And then Wikipedia, who is probably slightly better at the definition of pietists than the person I was talking to, provided the following on their reaction to pietists at the time by their contemporaries. So this is what people in other, like the Lutherans and other people, thought about pietists at the time. Authorities within state-endorsed churches were suspicious of pietist doctrine, which they often viewed as a social danger, as it seemed either to generate an excess of evangelical fervour and so disturb the public tranquillity or to promote a mysticism so nebulous as to obscure the imperatives of morality. Right. Put another way, pietist mysticism did less to reinforce the moral law than to take its place. The principle of guidance by inner light was often a signal to follow the most intense of inner sentiment, the supremacy of feeling over reason. Pietists believed that if they had a mystical experience and they heard the word of God or an instruction from God directly, they could act on that as supported by moral law. So if God tells me to eat a bag of dicks, then I should, I should yeah. and there is nothing wrong with that because God and, and, told me to do it. And when you say if God tells you that, is it if the voices in your head say, Yes, Schmitty, this is God, mm-hmm. eat a bag of dicks, you can say that God <laughs> oh, told, God me, told that. me to do it, and therefore it's fine. That's right. Yep. Yeah, that's right. exactly the point. Yes. Like so that's... many of our um, murderers who say that God Jerry, told me to. Jerry, I yes. think last week was it Dan or Dan? I couldn't remember the name of the voice in the, the driver's head. Carla's story, yeah, oh, yes. Mark Winger. Uh, Not yeah. Mark Winger, yeah, but the other guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We've had a few people who've had yeah. voices, but they haven't claimed to be God. They've been someone else. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Unsurprisingly, this exposure to pietism radically changed Margareta's personality, so much so that her own family were disturbed. She became despondent where before she'd been a happy and joyful person because, in her own words, God was revealing himself to her and making her more aware of her own sinful nature. Oh, Again. Put it away, God. Yep, I'm going to draw a short bow on that and suggest that the contradiction of her own sexual nature and God's will as prescribed through pietism led to a significant conflict within her. She was. I don't think she wanted to have sex with God. He's revealing himself. No, but he's revealing himself to her. I I think that says more about the turn of phrase of the time than um, than what how we would uh, see that now. Anyway. So in 1817, she returns to Wildesbach and establishes herself as a revivalist to preach the word of God and as as allegedly she was asked to leave another group because she'd been having visions and God was telling her stuff and the leader's like, "Uh, no, could you please leave? So she got chucked out of one (laughs) bunch of religious people. So she's like, that's it, I'm going to go do my own thing. So while she'd been away... Her father in Rudolfinger, uh, her father had hired three new servants, Heinrich Ernst, Ursula Kundig and Margaret Jugli. I'm going to say that's probably wrong, who all fell in with her religious fervour pretty quickly. Also, her own family thought she was some kind of messiah, so in a small household like that, where everyone thinks she has a direct line to God and in lieu of any other stimulus, you can see how this took off with them. You know, there's nothing else going on 
Are you telling us another story about a cult? Yeah, pretty much. So Margaret had (laughs) epilepsy. Good. And she hoped Margareta could cure it through her prayers. Heinrich was just really, really loyal to the Peter family. And Ursula was so enamoured, she asked Margareta to be her spiritual guide through life and eternity. Ursula was so into Margareta. It's a big commitment. I know. Eternity. Yeah. Fuck that. I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) Ursula was so into Margareta and her divinity that she said that Christ revealed himself in the flesh through her and that through her many thousands of souls were saved. (laughs) (laughs) Ursula said, I can see that Margareta. Stop flashing. Margarita oh, is sorry. a representative of Christ on earth and as a result of that she is saving many thousands of lives, uh, souls, sorry, not lives. Now, I know that we like to make shit up at times and we also live in an age True where that. we look for more empirical proof for statements like this. But it wasn't really far off some of the propaganda I've read on Facebook and continue to be amazed by people who blindly believe it. So to your you know, point about people who protest about bloody a tennis player. They were just having a day. <laughs> or just, you know, people who believe whatever they read is really what I'm saying. It's not an old or new phenomena. It's been around for a long time. Sorry, it's an old phenomena, actually, not a new phenomena. What? Uh, what? Why are we? Why are you sort of alluding to her going through puberty when she went to Riddle Finger? No, it was more just she was of an age where she would. Stop she was finger. Most likely. <laughs> so, so what we what we have with this girl is we have years and years of her as a prepubescent child, uh, you know, arguably yeah. quite innocent about the ways of the world, being in love with the Bible and religion, and yes. you know. There's a transition, though, I think, from the time she's probably hit, you know, puberty and until she's 17, where she starts to have normal feelings about sexual desire, etc. which when you align that with this really harsh, really um, evangelical pietism, which is basically uh, thou shalt not have these thoughts, you are a sinner, Right. It's, the okay. problem for her at this point is she's conflicted because, like most people in a it. really, really, you know, strict religion, will see yes. themselves as a sinner because they're told they are. Okay, so okay. she comes. So it's all about don't do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you're having a thought, like, yeah, and so it. she comes from being this really happy-go-lucky, you know, I got the Jesus in me, girl. To yes, I'm a terrible sinner and I'm going to damnation, and so. That, that almost catapults her into I'm going to go a little over the top the other way to try and compensate for it a bit. That's just my read of behaviour. Yeah, I get that. Yep, yep. Okay. So anyway, I was just saying about this whole nonsense about saying thousands of souls were saved. You know, faith isn't about needing proof and just believing. But I have to say I want a little bit more to back this statement up. Ah, oh, she's the embodiment of Christ and she saved thousands of souls. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, no fact. Well, no fact. And look, when I was uh, doing my catechism as a young girl, all of the saints I grew up with at least performed a miracle. <laughs> no, but we had miracles, you know. All of the saints I grew exactly up with. Exactly, though. I did. I yeah, grew up yeah. with a ton of saints. Kind of, 
You had a better caliber of saint in my day. Well, we did. You guys did. That's exactly yeah. my point. She yeah. hasn't. She hasn't turned water to wine. She hasn't cured a leper. She hasn't done anything. I just want to see a little bit of that. Well, there's no proof of it. I know, and that that's that's the question about she faith. She saved thousands of souls. Apparently so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the word yeah. of Ursula. Anyway, unsurprisingly, Ursula. <laughs> unsurprisingly, word spread of Margareta's divination, and the household received visits from religious people from all over the area, all gathering to hear her sermons. Wilder's book was too small for Margareta by this time, and in 1820 she took her show on the road, travelling across the country preaching. <laughs> And it is interesting because Lutherans believe that the scriptures are literally the word of God and ultimate authority. And I would be interested to know what she was actually saying in these sermons and the form her revival took. And I couldn't find anything on that. And so I'm having a guess that she was going around saying, God's spoken to me and this is how you should interpret the scriptures, suggesting that she was a direct line to God so she knew more and so this is what you should do. Uh, Anyway, she sometimes travelled alone on her preaching gigs but also took her devoted sister Elizabeth and Ursula, the the crazy um, servant, with her and (laughs) built up quite the following, which didn't go unnoticed by the authorities. Remember, Lutherans connect the state and the church authority together, so having some rando running around telling everyone it's not quite right and you should believe X, Y and Z would actually be a bit of a threat to civil harmony. Anyway. It's a form of terrorism. <laughs> but does that mean that the Lutherans are running the state in that yes. area? Yeah, it's it's very to, yeah. similar to the um, Church of England. Okay. Yeah. You know, the, okay. the Queen is the head of the church head of and head of yeah. state. Yeah. So state. they, are, they oh, are interconnected, okay. yeah. It was during the course of her travelling show. I'm sorry, I just keep calling it a gig, a show. <laughs> it just makes me feel better about it somehow. Anyway. I hope it's a big top tent that she does her show in. <laughs> i tell you what, it reminds me of, I don't know if you guys saw, there was Barnum. there was a good, yeah, yeah, but there was a good um, Netflix show, uh, a remake of Perry Mason. And while I was doing this story, it really reminded me there was a, that was set in the 20s or 30s. And there's a girl like this who's, it might be a Baptist church, but it's a huge yeah. congregation. They're giving all their money to it. She's bringing them in. She's talking in tongues. She's hallelujahing. You know, she's 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 the same thing. She she thinks she talks to God. And it's, you know, fiction. But the whole way I was writing, writing and reading about this, that's the image I had in my mind was of this real travelling spiritualism show. Anyway. Right. So anyway, she, she's out there travelling around and she meets a shoemaker named Jacob Morph. <laughs> shoemaker. I know, simpler Sorry, times. I know, of the time, I'm of the time. Yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah. Despite being married, Morph seemed Ooh. mesmerised by Margareta and she quickly came to feel the same way about him. Now, there is absolutely no evidence that they got jiggy with it, but there are some letters exchanged between them that are preserved in an archive in Zurich and they clearly had some form of connection. I read someone who suggests, I read, you know, an article from someone who was suggesting that she probably was sleeping with him and even could have got pregnant to him. Um, but again, no proof that that's actually true. In one of her letters... Because she could have just got pregnant without sleeping with anyone, right? <laughs> well, no, because she's a Lutheran and they actually don't believe in the Virgin Mary. So how's that for a contradiction for you? No, but, well, yeah. she's a splitter, though, from the Lutheran Church, isn't she? Do we call it splitter or do we call it dissenter? I'm not sure. I was looking that up. I went down a whole rabbit hole on religious schisms. Anyway, 
uh, and still I don't know Monty the answer. Monty Python would call it splitter. My brother would call it splittering, <laughs> splittering, splitting. Yes. My sister-in-law is a Protestant. We're all Catholics and my brother-in-law is a Lutheran. Uh, so my brother likes his, his uh, Church of England wife and call her a splitter. But anyway, yes. Yeah, well, that's why my sister sl- barracks for Collingwood and my brother and I barrack for Carlton, <laughs> so she's a splitter. Mm. It's very similar. Absolutely. You're quite right. Okay, so there's no proof that they actually had a child. There's no evidence. She did, however, say to him in one of her letters, letters that they would ascend to heaven together and share one throne for all eternity. I'm hoping that she's talking about a very large love seat and not one toilet. One big toilet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that you? anyway morph's wife regular or regular was not on board with the relationship go figure really (laughs) she was as regular as can be maybe it's regula i don't know it's german not sure how to say or swiss actually but for some time her husband made her think it was totally kosher it's nothing more than a big religious thing in late 1822 police became alerted when margareta and elizabeth vanished without a trace Ooh. What? People That's... went around looking for them. I know, it was very strange. Are they on After the months throne? of searching, don't know where they were. After months of searching, the two women turned up on their own on the 8th of January in 1823. How long, go on. Sorry, how, how long have they been missing? It for? said late 1822. So okay. they came in in January. So let's say oh, I wanted to say 40 days and 40 it. nights. <laughs> Thank you, Carla. Thank you, Carla, yes. for getting that. <laughs> Paul, did you get that biblical reference? No. Isn't that a, is there a movie or something? I've heard of 40 days and 40 nights. Oh, is that how long it rained for? No, Jesus wandered in the desert for 40 hmm. days and 40 nights. How long did it rain for then? <laughs> oh, long enough to flood the earth. And to be honest. 40, yeah, was that 40 days Oh, that was 40 days and 40 nights. Uh, could have been. How long did Jesus go in the desert then? Have I got all my numbers wrong? I, my first thought was no. the flood, to be honest. Mm. Only because... I'm such a bad Catholic. See, I'm no, but I'm I'm not. I'm not a first. I'm 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 glad I'm here to correct you. I'm not your source. (laughs) I'm not your source. No, it was 30, 40 days for Jesus. What the wandering for? Oh, sorry. No, the Israelites wandered for forty years. I'm sure Jesus wandered in the desert. Jesus. That's not Why a was fucking he wandering wander. In the a wander can't go for 40 years. I'm sorry, I accidentally looked up who wandered the desert. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. The desert. For how long? Uh, do you go to hell for not knowing that? I think you'd better get back into reading the Bible, Matthew you? 4, no, 1, 11. Matthew 4, 1, 11. Turns out I am not out of touch. At that time, Jesus was led into the desert to be tempted by the devil. He fasted for 40 days and 40 nights and afterwards was hungry. No surprise. Anyway, sorry, I digress. My question is, Mm. how long did that flood last? Oh, far out. We're on First Testament again. (laughs) How long was the flood? How long was the 40 days and 40 nights, yep. There you go. So there's obviously oh, Deirdre Chambers. What a coincidence. I, yeah, I reckon they've got like two measures of time. One is the day and one is more than a day, which is 40 days and 40 nights. That's like <laughs> just how we say, 40. fuck, that went on for a long time. <laughs> Back then it was just 40 days and 40 nights. And um, if we were doing an Indiana Jones thing here, we'd be saying, how many cubits is that? One cubit? Do you remember that? Anyway, I digress. 
Um, I'm just thinking about First Testament, the Ark, <laughs> Noah, all that shit. And I'm not a First Testament um, aficionado, I've got to tell you. Anyway, so Margareta yeah, came back. Really? Because I've been saying that you are <laughs> to all my friends. Like, oh, my friend, she, she's a first. <laughs> and they're like so blown away. They're like, oh, my God, can't wait this to meet her. That sounds so cool. Oh. That sounds like fun. Oh, she loves she loves a little cruiser and a little bit of the First Testament. Woo! Wait till you get her on Revelation. You can't get party, her off it. Party, party, party. <laughs> That's right. And don't get me started on Exodus. Anyway. <laughs> right. So when she showed up, though, here's the important point, after however long she was away, which could have been 40 days, 40 nights, she was visibly pale and ill. And she was Swiss. I don't think she would have been rocking a tan. <laughs> true, true. Anyway, she was she sick. She wasn't in the desert, was she? She was no. sick. And she refused Aww. to say where they had been. And there's a little bit of this conjecture that suggests that maybe she'd had a child, uh, but we don't know. Right. So, you know, it could be. <gasps> Too old mate. Ah. Too old mate. She could have had a baby. Too old mate. Lost the baby, uh, yes. given the baby away, whatever. We don't know. No no idea. But the fact that she came back sick and she just disappeared like that is a little bit interesting. Not long afterward, yes. Jacob Morph turned up at the Peter house following one of the letters from Margareta. At this point, she starts to go really downhill mentally. And if we entertain the idea of there being a baby, that could have been, you know, depression, could have been postnatal depression, could have been grief if she'd lost it. You know, there's all sorts of things that could yeah. explain why she starts to go totally. Schmidt, is she back at home at this yeah, point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the travelling show has happened, she's gone missing, and she's returned back yep. to, what's the name of the town? Not Rudolph Finger, the first place. Wilders Book. Wilders and Book or something, yep. yeah. And Peter's, tur- Peter's turned up there at the Jacob. house there. Jacob has turned up there. Jacob. Peter, Sorry, Peter is their last, is Margareta's last name. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Who's Morph? Morph is Jacob. Jacob Morph, Jacob Morph. is the shoemaker Morph. who may or may Jacob. not have okay. been diddling her. We don't know. All right. She's not very well. Uh, She and Elizabeth confine themselves to a single room in the house where they read the Bible and pray almost. They must have COVID. (laughs) Almost on Sorry. (laughs) Yes, but without the praying and the reading the Bible. Yes. Yeah. She gets, she's, at this point, she's obsessed with earning God's forgiveness for her life of sin. And again, total dirtbag. Yes. It's, well, we don't know. It might have been a baby. It could have just been felt guilty for having. Adulterous sex, or could just be just there thinking could have been about some of those anti-abortion protesters who were there if she had to have an abortion, and they made her feel bad because they oh, did that shit too. I am not sure what the Lutherans' position was on abortion in the eighteen hundreds, but I'm pretty <laughs> no, it sure have to be Lutherans it just could have been some of them. I'm pretty sure everyone was pro-life in those days. Yes. I don't think there was any pro-abortion yeah. at that point in time. So no, there would have been a whole lot of anti-abortion people. <laughs> making her feel like she's like a sinner. Everyone, yes. Yep. Absolutely yep. right. <laughs> right, fuckers. Well, it was the time, unfortunately. Anyway, we don't know if she had a baby. Um, this is just a theory. When yeah, she yeah, wasn't I'm just in hypothesizing. her room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When she wasn't in her room, she'd come downstairs, meet with her followers, and share her prophecies with them. Eventually, Jacob gives up. Goes home to his wife and his job. And in his absence, Margareta starts to gear up for Easter. What does that even mean? You know what it means. She's starting to stock the hot cross buns as soon as the Christmas Ah. decks are down. She's like, 
They're I thought it might have been some what she's doing. clothing thing she was going <laughs> to gear up for. All right. Get my Easter gear out. So Carla is absolutely right. <laughs> her bonnet. Carla, her bonnet. Carla is absolutely right. <laughs> her and bonnet. and most of us would be buying hot cross buns. And if you're a traditionalist, you get my bonnet ready. Yeah, you might be. You know, remember when you used to dye the eggs and you'd blow the eggs? Oh, like she's putting small chickens around a, like a paper hat <laughs> exactly. that someone's parents made for the Easter bonnet parade. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's what she's doing. <laughs> A couple right, of Easter yes. eggs and a couple of chick chicks. Yeah, she's busy. That's what she not, should be doing. Not, That's right. Oh, yeah. Not getting on the gear before Easter. <laughs> no, 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 no. She wasn't getting on the gear. But what she did, she was doing was okay. de- was declaring, "Behold, I see the host of Satan drawing nearer and nearer to encompass me. He strives to overcome me. Let me alone, that I may fight him." Fuck, these people say some weird things. All right. We hope you're enjoying the show. We are a completely independent podcast and we want as many people to hear us as possible. We need your help. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Facebook at Trial by Wine where we share our updates and contact us at trialbywine at gmail.com. We can't thank you enough for your support. Now, back to the show. All right. So I think at this point in time, and perhaps with the benefit of hindsight, we can reasonably say she's batshit crazy. Can I just ask what the host of Satan is? Yeah. Yeah, the devil and all of his bad, you know, demons and nasty fucking... Like, is it a collective noun for Satan and all his friends? Yeah. He doesn't work solo, or is that like... uh... Well, Satan on his own can't do... Well, he can do a bit, but traditionally Satan usually pits himself against... um, the host of angels, you know, he doesn't normally come down and rain his um, magnificence, his evil magnificence on a household of weirdos in Switzerland. <laughs> but um, <laughs> she thinks that's what's going to happen. She uh, believes that he's coming to lay, lay claim to all the souls of humanity, but fortunately she's well positioned to stand in his way. So she is the... She thinks she's the woman for yeah. She's the host of angels that will... It's a big job. ...will smoke them. Yeah. Yeah, she's she's gonna stop de- I'm gonna Satan smoke in his those tracks, fuckers, basically. Those half cattle, <laughs> half people. Well, this is this is you're gonna enjoy, I hope, how she does it. So, what do you think she did next? Uh, she made a sacrifice. She gets her smoking gear on. She's got her Easter, Easter gear on. on. Yeah. She's got a hot cross buns. Did she sacrifice someone? <laughs> No, oh. no. Well, yes, but no. Spring lamb. That's always big at Easter. Did she get herself a leg of lamb? <laughs> <laughs> if only. If only she just got a leg of lamb. She ordered that the house be closed up completely and no worldly people be allowed to enter. And given that all humans are worldly people, that's pretty much everyone. I was going to say, I thought she'd quite chop. doesn't like they're particularly worldly at all. It's like they're nutters. So, yeah, that was easy to shut mm. up shop. Yep, yep. Uh, and that included the local pastor who was really concerned as to where she was headed at this point. Where are you going with this? Where so are you going with this, Margarita? <laughs> or Margarita? I'm not sure this is a Margarita. Margaret. I don't think this is a good idea. So anyway, her family and the servants, entirely believing that she had a direct line to God, boarded the house up. Now, if you think about the mood in the household at this point, they're waiting for Satan and his host to come along and waiting get them. Waiting for Satan? That should be a song. They're waiting for Satan. That's it. <laughs> And they're totally isolated from outside influence. And I can frankly only assume they're shit, batshit scared, right? They are shit scared. I would be. If I thought Satan and all the demons and all the hordes of hell were coming for me, I'd be scared. 
So it's not surprising that Margaret Jagley, the servant with epilepsy, oh, hang on, I'm going to have to do it now. Fit. Sorry, I know I keep doing this, but there is actually a song called "Waiting for Satan." Go it's for by it. someone called Zanitra. I reckon it's going to be heavy metal or death metal or something, up. or is it going to be like or Zanadu? Christian rock? Yeah, it's Christian gonna go one rock. Way or the other. Amy, Might be Christian rock. What's her name? Amy Stewart. Yeah, I know who. No, 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 no. I know who you're talking about though. It's a bit of electronica or something. Oh God, I wasn't expecting that. So maybe this is trying to capture the mood in the Peter house. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah it's, it's very tense yes it is a little bit of electronic yeah. for the time but yes i'm gonna fast forward a bit see if anything happens that's some teenager just having a shot like a school project and gone we're going to use this shit. instrument or whatever <laughs> what am i going to call it uh. yeah waiting for satan <laughs> it's not what i was expecting i'll be honest i was having a bit of christian rock it's disappointing yeah well me. at this point i wish satan would show up yeah. because that's boring as yeah. shit Come on, Satan, get on with it. <laughs> anyway, so it's not surprising that um, poor old Margaret, the uh, servant with epilepsy, had a convulsive fit after hearing a pop from the fireplace. <laughs> 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 Shut herself. <laughs> Shut herself, yeah. <laughs> Screaming that the devil. <laughs> that is brilliant. I can just imagine how nervous she was. Isn't isn't oh, there no, like a exactly. comedian in one of those shows where they overreact to everything? What's that? Yeah, Catherine it is Tate. Catherine Tate. Yeah. It's that. <laughs> <laughs> the woman who screams at any yeah. loud noise. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, so screaming that the devil had come for her, she pleaded with Margaret and uh, Marguerite and the others to pray for her and save her soul. No, no, darling. It was just a pop in the fire. Don't panic. <laughs> oh, if only. If only. Oh, for God's sake, chill out. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. No, no. By comparison, she doesn't take a level-headed oh. view. She screams out, "Depart, thy murderer of souls, accursed one, to hell fire! Wilt thou try to rob me of my sheep that was lost, my sheep whom I have pledged myself to save?" This woman is so dramatic. And they all Where fucking fell for it. Did surely someone else is sitting there going, "It was just the fire, mate. Like, calm down." Yeah, like just <laughs> chillax. God. That's right. Well, to your point, to your question, Carla, there were plenty of witnesses to all of this behaviour. Okay. And there was a court case afterwards where they then talked Okay, about so somebody happened. survived. That's all I need to know, right? Mm, quite a few people okay. survived. So though Margaret soon recovered, she continued to have seizures, seizures, sorry, and the rest of the household began having religious visions themselves. Ooh. What's been thrown on the fire? Remember? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Big bag of dope or something. Those funny weeds. Pop, pop. Yeah, those funny weeds that were growing out the <laughs> yeah, back. Yeah. We, we just chuck them on and everyone's Quick, having Before visions. we board the house up, let's get that stash. We're, we're geared up for Easter. <laughs> yeah, Margareta then wrote to Jacob, you know, her friend, to come to her aid. And on March the 8th in 1823, he finally arrived at Wildersbach with two other believers. Which type of believers? With all the players now in place. Are they believers, believers of Marguerite's clan? Her... Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Forget yeah. My, my. With all the players now how in many, How well, many people right. are we talking about? Like literally a handful. Tops. All right. So there's. Her household's what? Dab. Her sister. Yeah. Her sister, her dad. Her brother and other sisters have moved out because they're all married. So it's her sister, her dad, the, staff. the three servants. Yep. 
the on again, off again boyfriend, allegedly. Shoemaker. And two others. So there's nine people, and, I think. And so house. that's. Oh, and, and, and her, yeah. So that kind of so means ten people, six people need three servants. Lazy fuckers. <laughs> Maybe, yes. With all the players now in one place, the passion play could begin. The passion play? I know, that play. was an Easter reference for you. I thought oh. you'd enjoy it. Yeah, 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 yeah. The passion of Christ is the crucifixion of Christ. Oh, right. I'm doing my best to I bring thought, all my religious I thought there was going to be some horrible in. sexual thing going on now that the place so has I. brought it up. That's right. That oh. oh, excuse yeah, you're, you're, me, if you don't mind. How sinful. Your religious humour's <laughs> lost on me. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I, I knew it would be. I was hoping Carla would drag me a little, but anyway. I'm just feeling all these donuts just dropping out there. Anyway, so based on the testimony of her family members and followers who were secluded with her in the Peter House in that week in 1823, being March, so it's around the Easter period, Margareta's enthusiastic prayers and fasting convinced her believers that something amazing was about to happen. Oh, my God, something amazing is about to happen. (laughs) They were right. Even if one or two of them were less than convinced about her holy mission, they didn't seem inclined to argue with the others, which, remember, is not unusual behaviour when all parties are part of one delusion. One direction. So uh, remember our Ericsson twins? Yeah. Yes. And that was folly a dirt? folly a dis. I'm calling, well, I was going to call it folly a shitload because <laughs> there are a shitload of people who are currently in this delusion. So eventually Margareta gathered her disciples around her and reportedly said, Lo. I see Satan and his firstborn floating in the air. They are dispersing their emissaries to all corners of the earth to summon their armies together. Now her pretty gullible sister Elizabeth promptly announced that she saw them as well. She then began to prophesize that the son of Napoleon, the Duke of Rockstad, would soon announce himself as the Antichrist and that the final battle would then begin. But so the Duke was apparently the Antichrist. Yeah, Fucking yeah. Hell. Someone, crazy town yeah, we're in. We're back in trial by one crazy exactly town. Exactly yeah. right. Call right. bullshit on all of oh. this. That's right. Wake up to yourself. So Terry. up until up at this moment, that's right. We've got <laughs> wailing, prophesizing, the old epileptic con- convulsion, visions from God, calling Armageddon is upon us. So you know, nothing too untoward, and for some, a good retreat. Yeah, right. Sure. A bit yeah. of downtime. Therapy. Every lockdown every now and then. We all locked down for a week's good. It's good therapy. That's lockdown, right. I'm, I'm having a breakthrough up. moment. Well, <laughs> after making this prophecy, Margareta went into a wild frenzy and began smashing furniture and oh, attacking brilliant. the walls with a hammer. Oh. Brilliant. Margareta, poor old Margaret. I think sorry. she had to lift it up the, a level, the... to be fair. Mm. Let's, yeah, 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 yeah. let's go. Yeah, let, let's smash and bring it. Let's bring some energy to this, shall we? Woo! I reckon that's a like a challenge yeah. to her sister who said, Yeah, I saw that too. Well, can you do this? <laughs> yeah. Smash, <laughs> smash, smash. That's right. So then Margaret, the one with epilepsy, has a fit. It, it of goes course into she Margaret. Well, who wouldn't? Poor Margaret. Yeah. Poor Margaret. <laughs> and Margareta took that as a divine sign. She cried out. I see in spirit the old Napoleon gathering a mighty host and marching against me. The contest will be terrible. You must wrestle until blood. Sorry, you must wrestle what? unto blood. Go, fly, 
Fetch me axes, clubs, whatever you can find. Bar the doors, curtain all the windows in the house and close every shutter. And let's kill everyone. The curtains will really help. And did her little sister then say, hold my beer? Because <laughs> she's going to go and <laughs> accept the challenge. She sure did. She sure accepted the challenge. She absolutely did. <laughs> so Margareta's followers went in, followed her instructions and gathered in her bedroom with all the tools they could find in the house. Some of them would report afterwards to seeing divine visions themselves due to their leader's fanaticism. So that shared delusion. She told everyone to start smashing everything in the room until she told them to stop, which I'm not sure she did. But anyway, which they probably did for the next three hours straight. If any one of them slowed down due to fatigue, Margareta told that person to strike him, cut him down, the old adversary, the arch fiend. Whoso loseth his life shall find it. Fear nothing. Smite till your blood runs down as sweat. Hang on a minute. So if someone slowed because I'm kind of thinking like, you know, a um, Richard Simmons uh, <laughs> Work workout out. where if someone starts falling behind, they'd get a bit of encouragement or something rather than that. Yep. She's yep. saying if they slow down, just kill them. Is that right? Uh, no. I'm not sure at this point that's what she's saying. I think she's she is doing the Richard Simmons. She's jazzing him up. She's like, don't worry about it. You know, fear nothing. Keep going right. until your blood runs down a sweat. Keep sweating it out, people. Come uh, on. Yeah, right. You can go a bit further. We can smash more of the house. Yes. Keep smashing. Okay, yeah. So she's being motivating, not saying, oh, fucking, they're, they're evil. Kill yeah, them. yeah. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. At this point, she is. Phew, so anyway, that escalated quickly. Hmm. <laughs> And I'm not sure whether you pictured Armageddon to consist of a bunch of pe- people smashing a bedroom up, because I don't. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> it's not the traditional view. No. As I said before, I'm not a big First Testament subscriber, but I'm pretty sure that's not what the author had in mind either when they talked about the end of days. The best thing is that it's okay. contained to their house. It's awesome. It's like, you want to be fuckwits? Do it yeah, at the house. Yeah, that is good. No one cares. Just leave them in there yeah. until they sort this out themselves. Yeah. Can I come well, out yet? No. Keep no. going. Oh, no, I think there's still spirits in there by the looks of things. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think there's still a floorboard. Yeah. There might be a bit of chair yes. left. Special. We, we should Napoleon make Margarita land. Yes, oh, yeah, please go ahead. No, I was just that. trying to check, actually. So I think Napoleon was alive and in power during this time. Is that right? And she's saying that he thinks, so she's obviously aware of him and that he's going to mount an army to help against the Satan's host, right? Is that, have I answered that correctly? Yeah, so, yeah, so this is actually uh, 1823. Oh, hang on. And Napoleon Bonaparte's dead. Yeah, that's right. He died at 1821. Yeah, he's dead at yeah. this point. Yeah, but yeah. he would have been. So does she he, mean he he's going to come back from hero. the dead yeah. and do it? Ah, yes, she does. Yeah, yeah well, yes. He's, she's, she clearly thinks that Napoleon is the Antichrist or, you know. Okay, so oh. from the historical context, Napoleon rose during the uh, French Revolution there was a huge amount of European uh, disruption at the yes. time. There were the Napoleonic yes. Wars. People in Switzerland would have been affected by that. So she obviously sees Napoleon as a representation of the devil. Well, France, apparently. She's, she's probably in, like, Germanic part of Switzerland, probably. Yeah, yeah. she was. Yeah. She was, yeah. And when you think about maybe how we would see Hitler, oh, God. you know, it's, it's probably a, a similar way of thinking about this individual as representative of a huge uh-huh. evil. Yeah, that's my. That's the way I'm reading it, anyway. Cool. Yeah, but I did think it was interesting that she put Napoleon yeah. into it. Yeah, random. Yeah, yeah. 
He's an arch fiend, though, anyway. Outside the house, as you could imagine, in this quiet little peasant world. Oh, is there? (laughs) The neighbours come out. They're like, oh. What's going Should we on here? That? Bit of domestic. Should we just ignore we all that? Knew Should, this we call was the... coming? Should we call the cop shop? Mm. Get your yeah, phone. That's right, Carla. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, film it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> record it. So at some point, the smashing up of the house is so vehement that someone actually knocks a piece of the wall out. So everyone outside can now see oh, what's going oh on. Oh my god! Inside. Embarrassing. <laughs> oh, now the evil oh, can I get know. in. When I said the whole street will be exactly. out of here, so we're all yelling at each other here and going nuts. It's like, be quiet. It's like if the whole wall fell out, I'd be really pissed. Now they can see us yelling at each other as well. Yeah, so I wrote something along the lines of the whole crowd could see Margareta and her devotees going at it hammer and tong. Literally. <laughs> going at it hammer, hammer and, and axe. <laughs> hammer and axe. They were smashing yep. the place up. It was not, not, not an going euphemism. at it. Not, not just smashing. Yeah. Going at the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. But yeah. when she saw the crowd, Margareta denounced them as enemies of God. Oh. Of course they are because they're, they're the worldly, terrible people out there. Anyway, once they completely fucked that room, Margareta, and this is, we could bring this in to Trial by Wine as a kind of reality TV show about house renovation perhaps. Maybe think the about block. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the block gone wrong. You get a perfectly okay, good house so- and it's your job to demolish it. Smash no, it. what That's was that right. show in the UK that was terrible and they'd renovate someone's just a room? It was a, um, oh, God. But there was a show and they'd go in, they'd make over a bedroom, like just a room, and people would be so badly done and people would walk in and sometimes people would cry. I wonder what that was called. Oh, oh uh, yeah, I know what you're makeover. talking about. Was like Did they renovate house swap, a room was... of each other's house, like two different yes, house it was, swaps? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. House swap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like house swap or something like that. It was like the original was... sort of like renovation program where they would only do one room and it would be always thematic. It was oh, it was so badly done and people would either love yeah. it or really hate it, but they were generally Which is like a medieval bedroom in your yeah. three-bedroom yes. house. Yes. Yes, exactly. No, no Would you like a sunflower theme <laughs> so the whole bedroom's bright yellow and there's a, you know, oh, <laughs> sunflower duvet yeah. cover or something? Oh, that's beautiful. Anyway, I digress. Sorry, darling. No, it's all right. I was trying to find one of the quotes that I thought might reflect how someone felt when they went into their room and it had been renovated in the worst possible yeah. way. Lo, I see Satan and his firstborn floating in the air. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay, so outside the house they can see in now. When she saw them, she said they're enemies of God. Once the room was completely destroyed, Margareta let her exhausted followers, poor buggers, downstairs to recover in the relatively intact sitting room. Oh, thank goodness. Now, it would be nice to be able to say that the miasma of madness was lifted at this point and they all had a nice cup of tea and calmed down. But unfortunately, that's not to be. A nice big For cup whatever of reason, shut the fuck up. <laughs> shut the fuck up, calm down. I like my Everyone asthma. took their... Everyone took a little Valium and settled settled down. (laughs) However, for whatever reason, Margareta told them to beat themselves. So they did. What? Except for our friend, the sister, Elizabeth, who said, hold my beer earlier, for no apparent reason, said to her crazy sister, Margareta, actually, can you beat me, please? And so Margareta said, sure, and beat her. So at this point, I kept pecking. Kept picturing the whole thing like the most bizarre whack-a-mole. <laughs> yes, exactly. Sure. It's just insane. Yeah, and maybe did 
Margarita because when anyone showed signs of tiring from beating themselves, she ordered them to hit themselves harder. Get Again, with on, the motivational speech. On the tools. <laughs> on right. the tools. Come yeah, on, yeah. guys. Come on, guys. You can Come do better. On. God. While everybody else is out there, bloody around, you're here working on your body. Oh god! Yeah. <laughs> body no pain, pain, no nature. gain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Boy, her father John gets really jack of it. And John sounds as a, a reward. Bit random. Like John sounds like he should have a more Swiss sounding yes. name. John sounds like a plant. Like he just been put there. John. Well, maybe it's it's Johan. Johan or something. Yeah, Johan. Yeah, John. Anyway, John Peters. He's. He's like, I'm a bit over this. And she says, no worries, Dad, so I'll help you out. So she starts to beat him around the head for him. She's good like that. Far out. She's good. She's taking one for the team. So as you said earlier, eventually the crowd called the police because they're like, this is, this is, some of these kids are not yeah. like not the other like ones. The other yeah. ones. <laughs> um, when you say call the police, did they just live stream it on Facebook and someone found out? Yeah, and, yeah. That's yeah. exactly how it happened in 1822 or whenever this was. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. I'm pretty sure they said some poor young child, <laughs> go, call yes. the police. Run for the hills. The police show up and they break into the house because, of course, it's all boarded up. the hole in the wall. Yeah, yeah that's right. Mar- no, that's upstairs. Oh, I think right, that's upstairs. Okay. So it's like right. an attic room that they smashed up. Margareta went into hysteric hysterics at seeing the police invading her sacred space. And after a considerable amount of wrangling, everyone was detained in separate rooms of the house. So what they did was they moved, they put all the men in one room and they put all the women in one room, which proved to be a bit of a mistake because... Margareta and Elizabeth were still with the other women. So instead of taking the two instigators of complete nutcases away, they allowed them to still be an influence on at least half of the group. Right. So the men settled down a bit, but the women were like still in another room festering with um, Elizabeth and I bet Margareta. the men did. I bet the men went, thank fuck, what was that? <laughs> what was yeah. that? Oh, oh my God. That's right. <laughs> I know. What? Were you... Hammer and tongs? Oh. <laughs> so the local police go off and I think they've calmed it all down. They go off and they set about um, putting a, a, an order together to get Elizabeth and Margareta sent to an asylum. Unfortunately, that didn't happen quickly enough. So they, some of the some of the followers had been sent home, just get out of yeah. here, right, and gone, oh, that was okay. weird. It's been that a big a... day for everybody, and... I think. Maybe just go and sleep it off. Yeah. Have a nap. <laughs> Most were still present, though, when Margareta assembled the remaining family members in the upper room of the house. The tools they used to destroy the room were still lying there and Margareta began preaching the need for a final battle to defeat the Antichrist. <laughs> Come on, one more shot. We've got it in us. We can do it. <laughs> Just to finish it off. It sounds like she's taking the piss. We're not done yet. There's one more battle. But I'm tired, Margarita. No, we're nearly there, darling. Honestly, Come one on, more. Push through. Yeah, one <laughs> more. <laughs> one more battle. Just one more battle. Yeah, one more. Oh, yeah. It'll be worthwhile. You'll fuck my words. Napoleon. When her poor old brother Casper came to the house at the request of the police. Casper the friendly ghost. <laughs> the older brother, the eldest brother. No so one he shows him. up because the police... The police have said, um, dude, your sister's your sister's, sister's batshit gone crazy. right off. Your other sister's not much better. Your father's embroiled. Could you pop round and have a word, right? And he goes round and he's like, hey, Margareta. So she attacks him with one of her tools. Oh. I don't know, was it an axe or a hammer? Hammer or tongs, yeah. 
My father at this point says, oh, this really is not okay. So he stops her and he carries poor Casper down the stairs and therefore wasn't present to see the coup de grace about to unfold. What is a coup de grace? I'm glad you asked asked that question. So I looked up the definition. Yeah, in modern parlance, we would say it as the final bit. Grand but the finale. definition, coup, a final blow time. or shot given to kill a wounded person or animal oh. or an action or event that serves as the culmination of a bad or deteriorating situation. Both, I think, could be applied to what I'm talking about. Right. So I felt like it was a extremely appropriate thing to put a in there. A death blow, it says also here. I looked up because I was getting the spelling. That makes sense. Also the final battle. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Armageddon. Coup de grace. Armageddon out of here is what Casper and the dad said. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, upstairs, Margareta asked the ones who were still remaining if they were willing to die for salvation. And, of course, our mate Lizzie says, oh, yeah, me, me, please, me. Hold my beer. Margaret has another fear. Hold my beer. (laughs) I'm not sure what. No, no, Margaret doesn't have a fear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. So she starts beating herself with a hammer. Oh. But Margareta, <laughs> Margareta was not satisfied with that, so she smacked her in the head with a hammer, oh. causing oh. her to fall to the ground. Faster, faster. Causing her to fall to the ground and have convulsions. And instead of being kind of shocked and appalled, the others got totally into whack-a-mole and beat Elizabeth to death. Oh, God. That's nice. Groceries. Now, you would think, you may think that that might be a kind of a wake-up moment. That might be a... Yeah, possibly. Literally a come-to-Jesus moment of what have we done? Oh, no, no. Afterward, Margareta told the others, more blood must flow. (laughs) Yep. And here we go, guys. You ready for it? Yeah. I have pledged myself for the saving of many souls. I must die now. You must crucify me that's going to take a little bit of time and effort to be honest Margaret. we've got to get things some things assembled we've got to get you up there yeah, yeah. you know this is not just a shop we're, we're gonna have just... to unboard the house yes to make a crucifix oh we're gonna need yeah 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 it's not a... oh don't worry they, they were pretty good even after killing elizabeth her followers had a moment of excuse me did you say crucify <laughs> i beg pardon who the fuck uh, do you uh, think you are could could you repeat that even so, so they weren't quite all up for it. She said, no, 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 honestly, she insisted, it's better that I should die than that thousands of souls should perish. And then she hit herself in a hammer. Couldn't we just use the hammer? Couldn't we just do that? Do we really have to go to all the effort of the crucifixion? Did she really oh, hit herself? Well, remember, it's then she hits herself in the head with a hammer. That's right. The thing is, remember, it's Easter and she oh, was born yes. on Christmas Day. This girl oh. has convinced herself, I think, that she's... Christ right. again, right? And that's why it's Armageddon yeah, right. at the end of the day. She thinks she's the resurrection of Christ. She doesn't quite ever say it, but I'm going to suggest um, that there's a bit of that happening. Fucking here. likely, yeah. Yeah, and that's why Easter was significant. That's why her birth date was significant. So she's convinced at this point that she has to be crucified, and so she orders the others to gather wooden nails, wood and nails, sorry, which, you know, wasn't that easy since they'd smashed everything up. I was going to say, gather. Our mate Einrich who was the really, really loyal servant, says, peace out, I'm, I'm gone, and leaves. No, oh. he's, he's out of there. You're all so fucking jobs. So he's the only <laughs> sensible person in the room that says, no, nah, I'm noping out of here, I'm out, done. 
So he had to come to Christ moment where he's like, nah, fucking crazy town. He did. He was like, uh, a step too far, I think, yeah. Uh, However, the others, the others, no problem. So they proceed to nail Margareta's hands and feet to blocks of wood and then they mounted her on a wall. Brilliant. Above the fireplace? I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly which wall and and what facing it was, whether it was north facing, south facing, don't know. (laughs) Just feels like she um, should be in some imposing place where she can look over the gathering. Well, as rot. it turns out, see, because she was a bit maniacal at this point, allegedly she asked them to drive nails into her breasts as well. So she was going, you know, hell for leather on the whole thing. Even while she's being crucified, she said, don't worry about it because Elizabeth and I will rise from the dead three days hence. I'm telling you, she thought she was the resurrection of Christ. Right. Don't worry, it's going to be fine. So she's going through all this terrible stuff. And then, as we do know from what uh, from lots of historical context, crucifixion is a very slow and painful death and really actually asphyxiates you over time. So the body sort of collapses and the lungs can't cope with it and you asphyxiate. But ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> and least of all, Margareta, who eventually, giving into the pain of it, said, oh, could you just stab me in the heart, please, just get this over with. They didn't have a knife handy, unfortunately, so... Someone decided to smash her head in with a hammer and a crowbar. Simples. Oh, my God. Genius. Mm-hmm. What do you think that you would do after beating a woman to death and crucifying another? What would your next action be? Uh, I would go and get my nails done. I would have a shopping spree and I'd buy a new car or <laughs> oh, something. Diana! Yeah. <laughs> actually, now that you put it that way, it's actually not that surprising. Yes. They didn't do those things, but they went downstairs to have a drink and have some dinner. What? Yeah, don't worry, mate, because guess what? I'm going to cook you a really nice meal. They weren't cannibals. There was no eating of these girls. They just went downstairs for a rest. It had been a big day. They were hungry. They were exhausted after the Richard Simmons workout. (laughs) Absolutely knackered. They needed some calories. That's right. You can just imagine looking around each other. I'm glad that's over. I'm starving. (laughs) They need some carb loading. They were hungry. That's right. I'm plum tuckered out. So a local policeman then arrived that required John Peter to sign a writ guaranteeing they'd all front up to the magistrate. And no one mentioned the fact there were two dead people upstairs. So he served the writ and left, having discharged his duty. There was no evidence or no no suggestion that we got an issue upstairs, mate. So old mate John just signs it. Yeah, yeah, they'll be there because they'll be back in three days. Correct. Ah, right. Three days pass and the group were a touch disappointed that neither sisters had risen from the dead. (laughs) Ursula and Heinrich... Remove the nails from Margareta's body because they thought maybe that was the problem. Yeah. They were earthing her, yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. So we'll take those yeah. out and maybe she'll return. But no, no such luck. So the group sat around in the room and prayed over the two decomposing bodies at this point in time for two more days. And I can't even imagine what the smell would have been like. <clears throat> and then eventually John, the father, took a trip into town to talk to the local pastor and let him know that both girls were dead. And all I can say is of that group of people who were, you know, honestly expecting those girls to be raised from the dead, boy, did they have egg on their faces. (laughs) (laughs) Embarrassing. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, oh, how embarrassing. Oh, my God. Oh, we got so tricked. Mm. I've never been wrong before. I just didn't see it coming. I was sure that she was the Messiah. Okay. After a two-day trial that began in December the 3rd, 1823, 
pretty much most of the people who'd been present at Margarita and Elizabeth's deaths received prison sentences. Ursula Kundig received the longest sentence, which was 16 years, while the others received sentences ranging from eight years to only a few months. John Peter, father to both dead women, was sentenced to eight years in prison. And perhaps a way of keeping the Peter house from becoming a pilgrimage site, the judge also ordered it to be levelled to the ground and that no house would ever be built on the site again. Smart. While some pietists did manage to visit, yeah, while some pietists did manage to visit the house before its destruction, the story of Margareta's crucifixion quickly faded into local legend. Wow, nice. Mm. Um, can I ask what they were charged with? Do you know? No, no, it didn't say. Yeah, right. It didn't say. I suppose, so I was going to make a comment about that, which was, um, I'm going to suggest that the legal system at the time recognised that this was a moment of mass hysteria. Again, there's a big religious context around it that everyone is some form of Christian. So maybe they were like, well, you know, we can kind of see how that happened, but you shouldn't have gone we, so fast to beat We did that on a smaller scale Sunday lunch the other day. <laughs> It happens. It happens to the best of us at times. You've just let it get away from you. (laughs) You've just let it get away from you. (laughs) And the other thing is that um, they consented. They asked to be crucified. They asked to be beaten to death. So so I suppose it threw up some interesting legal issues. Unfortunately, what I was reading didn't get into it. There is a book, but it's written in German, and the only copies you can get are in German. And what's your point, Schmitty? Yeah, I didn't Well, well, there's there's talking about embarrassing. I know, I know. (laughs) I went so far as to translate the meaning of it, which was something about the crucifixion or the passion play of um, Wildersberg. That's as good as I, that's as far as I got. All right. So, you know, like the crash test dummies of a previous episode, you know, the the power of persuasion, the power of suggestion, the power of delusion, a a shared delusion. If someone thinks they're seeing something and I think I'm seeing it, you know, it, it it can kind of happen. It's interesting, isn't it? I guess the question comes out of it, which is what are your thoughts? You know, we, I mean, I've, I've got some views on where the crimes are here, but, you know, what do you think about the crimes of perpetrators Oops. and your sentences for them? Because it's interesting. There are a lot of people at play I, in this. I struggle mm. to know where the crimes are in a lot of ways, other than Lizzie and Margarita who, you know. Well, technically they murdered people. They technically murdered Kind people. of, yeah, but, you know, in that whole... You asked for it. Self-induced hysteria. <laughs> well, kind of. There's a little you bit of You asked for it, exactly. Yeah, but it was still illegal. It was illegal to crucify someone. It's illegal to beat someone in the head even if they asked for it. Oh, that's good to know. <laughs> if that's, like, I, I'm pretty comfortable that that's where they uh, ended up. So, you know, as far as a sentence for those two, I reckon they were pretty well sentenced, to be honest. Yeah, I, I had the same thought, yeah. They'd done themselves proud. I was wondering what Ursula did that was bad enough for her to get 16 years or whatever. Oh, she was the most fervent. Um, so I think she probably did more of the smacking. She wielded the hammer, <laughs> not the tongs. She, she may head have, smacker. She may have been, that's right, she may have been head smacker. Head sm- yeah. Yeah. If you don't run faster, I'm going to smack your head. <laughs> she, she may have dealt the With death blow. I don't know. It just seems like a scene of insanity that they were inside this house yeah. just chopping it up. And then everyone else, I could have, but I just, I get the impression. Bonkers. That I, I dare say there probably wasn't a policeman in the village if it was that small. They probably had to travel some distance to get somebody. Over the time that this all happened, I can imagine it's sort of madness. Then everyone's sort of rocking up. Oh, there's been some probably, has there, mate? Yeah. Yeah, we just got a little bit carried away earlier. Oh, okay then. Well, yeah. you better nothing. You better front here. up to court in a couple of weeks. Oh, no worries, all right then. No we yeah we yeah we let, 
We didn't get out of hand. No worries. We're just having a bit of a spot of dinner. Yeah, sorry yeah. about that. Yeah, we got a bit overexcited. It takes yeah, it out of you. I tell you this silly behaviour, but yeah, no worries. We'll be there at court. <laughs> Everyone's all pretty cool. <laughs> Meanwhile, in that house, it's just <laughs> chopped up. People are being crucified, beaten to death. <laughs> You don't want to, no, you don't want to look upstairs. No. Oh, all right then, no. all right. Enough, enough said. I'll, enough I'll, I'll, I'll be on my way and let you get back to it. I can tell you look a little bit yeah. like you've had a big day. Yep. You look a bit tired. I wondered whether, because John signed that writ to say that they'd all turn up, I wondered whether they were going to drag the crucifix into court. <laughs> I'm here. John has a lot so, to answer he for. He was the dad. He should have sorted himself out. Yeah, yeah, John does have a lot to answer for, but he also lost his two daughters. What did he do Cop- wrong? Yes. beating himself. What, well, what he didn't he stop wrong? them. He, he, went, didn't, he didn't sort of He went go along and, with it. Okay, girls, enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, just, like, he's, I don't know that just because he was part of putting them on the earth, you know. Oh, no, no, no. I don't mean he's at fault for being their father. I mean he's at fault for going along with the whole... Even in court, I think that quote I said earlier where he thought she was put on earth for some extraordinary purpose, yeah. he, he honestly believed it. He, he, he I, I was kind of get that, a, but at what point we go, okay, his own daughter. I don't really want you killing each other, girls. I know. It's not that I don't think you're like. Ah, uh, yeah, but he missed that. Oh, but he, did he went to have dinner. He was having dinner, wasn't he? No, no, he left with Casper. Casper had smacked over the head and he took Casper out and he missed, that's why I said he missed the coup de grace. The killing oh, right. of yeah, yeah, that's right. the 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 crucifixion and the death of Elizabeth. Right. It's possible if he'd stayed in the room, he might have tried to intervene or even get killed himself. Probably but, the latter. And maybe that's why he only got eight years because mm. he actually wasn't he wasn't actually there yes. when the two girls were killed. Yeah, but it. I mean, arguably, I mean, it's it, it's a different social lens and a different context. But there was a lot of what I would see as extreme negligence going on with these girls. They go off, they wander off and, you know, on their own at 20, 21. They come back, they're fasting, they're starving. It's like, you know, it's, it just, it just no, doesn't. I'm giving them But nothing. they're religious. Just they're just right. religious zealots, that's all. And that's they're why. So anything, anything that's, goes when that's, when you think that there's yeah, that's what's behind it, then, you know, that's when they just go, okay, well, I believed it. So yeah. it didn't really have to make sense. I just, just don't know how was. people get other people. True. Go on, Clarkie. Yeah. I, I don't know how people get people to follow them when they, do that like you know we, we other times there's drugs or whatever involved this is just no magic pussy nothing people. Oh, that's exactly like nothing what what's the what what's what's what the payoff going for her yeah yeah well i think some people maybe did think that she was christ reborn they didn't yeah, but say it what's, but, but what's what, in it for the, them the Salvation. magic pussy thing i think it was a shitty time to be around you know like yeah it, right You've had these wars, you've had, you know, it's, it was just shit time, frankly. Like you've come out the revolution, uh, the French Revolution, that is. There's been uh, disruption across aristocracies, across uh, countries. There's been the Napoleonic Wars, there's dysentery. There's, you know, it's just it wasn't a pleasant time to live. And, and the average age expectation was probably, what, 40 or 50 or something. You did well. Like if you think about Jane Austen stuff, you did well if you lived up to your 60s. So I just, therefore, the afterlife was more more prevalent and relevant to say I'm going to leave this awful place and go to somewhere amazing. And so if my vehicle to do that and get my salvation is this woman who may or may not be... Schmidty, I don't think I've got a handle on 
the scale of her audience because at the end of days it was really just her family and the servants um, who were involved. Who showed up. So yeah, yeah, yeah. when she was the travelling show lady, um, was her following ever more than, you know, more than... It sounded, from what I read... Could, yeah, yeah could, I don't know about the MCG, but... She said Maybe RAC Arena in Perth, yeah. She certainly had a decent following. She probably wouldn't want to come here, though. That's the only thing. Well, she couldn't get in currently, but, yeah, yeah. bummer. Mm. Mm. I think she had a decent following, but I think part of the reason that it was all very quiet at the end was remember that come back. 40, 40 days, 40 yeah. nights, 40 years, whatever, however much time it was biblically She'd been missing. that she was away and had been missing. She'd just come back from that. Oh, did we ever get so any she, um any more information about whether or not she'd ever been pregnant, I suppose? No, no there's no record of it. Mm. That's why I was saying that was a... That's a theory. Uh-huh. I'm going to go so far as to say that there was a theory that she was pregnant and had a child. She and her sister came back under a bit of a dark cloud and she went totally and utterly nuts after that. Yeah. I feel like all of the answers are in that German book. <laughs> yeah, probably, probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's only one way to find out. We've all got to learn German. <laughs> That's right. And, yeah, ain't nobody got time for that. Anyway. Um, <laughs> All right, so what about the people who were present, who went along with the smash and carry on? What's it called, a smash and, and grab or something, isn't it, when you go nuts? I was thinking smash and grab and yeah. then I stopped I myself. Yeah. I don't know if there's grabbing. I think it's like a crime. Smash and bash. Smash and grab. Oh, when you break mm. in somewhere, yeah, it is, into a jewel. That is a smash and grab, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is yeah. more like so, a smash and... Smash and smash. Smash and bash. Hmm. With a little bit of nailing. Smash and <laughs> anyway, skull crush. Uh, it's, it's terrible. Uh, it is terrible. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not happy with the okay. eight weeks. Yeah, you say yeah. Got eight weeks. Like, what? yeah, I'm not sure who it was. It, it could have been like one of those people who came across. You know, one of um. Jacob's it was the person who filmed in. it. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of it was the live it, streamer. It was the servant who bought all the hammers and tongs. <laughs> I didn't actually hit anyone. I just bought the stuff because they told me to. It could have even been Einrich because he's the one who pieced out. So he wasn't, again, he technically wasn't there in the killings. So it could have even been him. But I I didn't get a definitive list of who got what. So I can't answer that. Sorry. It's one of those things where I'm happy if they just level the house with them all in it. Okay. I don't know what there is to make me go... Oh yeah, but that happened, and so we should feel compassion for them, or we should feel empathy for them, because it all just sounds like a shit show that they all were happy to be a part of. Totally, mm. it's kind of like in the end they they sort themselves out. We don't even have to worry. It's like, oh, so you? I'll tell you what, crucify me. Oh, I know. Well, okay. If you insist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they were a little bit like mm, cru- crucify. Yeah. And, yep, yep, yep. If you don't, yeah. do I'm up it, for it. Satan's going to take I'm over. I'm up for it. Well, if you put it like that, I suppose about our where's me hammer and nails. Um, so yes, I think I get your point. I think um, I think what we have to remember is that these people went on to live with all of that. So, As they and they went on to if if you imagine they're in a delusion and they they really believe that they're going to rise from the dead and and then it doesn't happen. They're now disillusioned by that, yeah. and then they have to recognise that they've literally just killed two people. Egg on their face, no as you reason. said, yes. So, so at, at work, I mean, if we're about with. to do something unusual, 
in a in an operational sense we have what's called a take two which is where we all stop and we think about what we're about to do and what the potential (laughs) risks could be and i feel like at some point there needed to be a take two where they all just went "Hmm, let's go hammer and tongs at each other we don't normally do this let's just think about what could go wrong here i like it you are Absolutely right that no one did a risk assessment on anyone. <laughs> yeah. You're right. God. I agree. Just All right. Nuts. So I obviously, yes, bonkers. Do you get mm. my double entendre on the yes, bonk? Yes, yeah, yeah. I do. Oh, yeah, I yeah. do. Except yes. I wasn't expecting that. I thought it was going to be a sexy bonk. So I was, no, I was, no, I was, I was slightly was disappointed. A bit Benny Hill. It was tricksy. <laughs> well, it's but, funny you should say that because... Even that bit where they're all smashing up the house, I swear in my head I'm hearing. Yes. You know, Definitely. it's just. In, there was no real sex in this story, crazy. which is quite refreshing, really. Oh, oh right. I was going to say, sorry, yeah, sorry even, to not so, deliver on the no, sex. No, not at all. Time. I'm saying so often that's, you know, the downfall or what happens, you know, people just. But with this one, it's kind of the opposite because they're so fearful of fearful of it and being sinners that, you know. Well, really, we don't know like, that oh, there was exactly. no sex. I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying that we don't know that. As you say, perhaps she had that little thing with the shoemaker. But it wasn't at the core of the story. No. Well, but but I think what I was trying to get across is that it could have been at the core of the story. It could have been what drove her to be as crazy as she was in the end. Yeah. I think she, she, I don't um, think so. I think okay. she got what's called splitter's karma. Oh, okay. Yeah. So she became splitter's a splitter's karma. Karma caught up with her. Yeah. It's probably a new term. I'm not sure that it's <laughs> um, been used a whole lot in the past. So it's so splitters karma in your family context is when uh, Carlton doesn't win the grand final. If you're um, the splitter, yeah, it, it's less. It's less. Um, my brother and I get the hammers and tongs out and bash my sister's <laughs> head in or um, crucify her. But it's probably a little bit mm. more like, you know, um, Carlton have won more premierships than Collingwood, so suck shit loser. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that splitters uh, gamma in your household, right? Yeah. yeah. All right, well, obviously because I did a bit of reading and I had some time to think about it, I do have a sentence for the people who were actively involved in the desecration of the house and then the um The madding crowd. The madding crowd, yeah. The murder, the murders of these two girls, even though whether they asked for it or not. And mine is that I would like, again, I'm going the community service angle, and I think that Heinrich, Ursula, John, Jacob and the unnamed followers all need to be part of a housing system where they build houses for the poor because they smashed down a perfectly reasonable house. There was no need for any of that. Yes. So I think that they should build houses ongoing um, to give back to the society that they have uh, taken away from. That's my sentence. Mm-hmm. That's very productive. It's true. I think maybe if the mother oh. had been in the house, she would have put a foot down and said, no, you will not be chopping up the furniture and you will not be I pulling the curtains and doing that. Yes. Not on my watch. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, But I also wonder if the mother hadn't died, if the whole story did, wouldn't have happened. Because the mother died when she was very tiny or born. And I have a feeling she was a very naughty girl who was spoiled by her family also. Yeah, right. Mm. I um, I was thinking about um, the whole thing being like a frenzied shark attack. And what I'm wondering is for the ones who were part of the attack but might not have actually died in it, 
maybe what they should do is go diving with sharks and all have to mm. uh, splash or spill a vial of blood in the water while they're diving oh. and then they can all be part of the shark attack again and, and get frenzied again and just see who survives. Yeah, it does have that. that work. It, it does. It does feel like that real out of control mob. Yeah, yeah. yeah they it can is get a frenzy. jiggy with yeah. the sharks and yeah. see who um, who survives. Who and makes if they it survive, out alive? Yep. That's it. They're done. Well done. Yes. Okay. Mm. Exonerated. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Carla. Well, trying to go back to with I don't know what's motivated these who accept sort of religion and whatever, whatever, but. In terms of trying to get them into a trial by wine world to use what we've got at our disposal, yes, yes, I kind of need to flip it because these people are opposite. That you know, we've had so many debauched people who've done so many terrible things. These people think that they're not, and they just happen to have you know accidentally killed someone in, in the pursuit of doing the right thing. So perhaps, perhaps worse. we need like to have like yeah. Sin City within sight within um, <laughs> trial by trial wine, by wine yeah. world. So we've got peasant world, peasant land. Um, and we can have a Sin City where they're forced to go and uh, participate and view. Sodom and Gomorrah. Yes. Something where it will ah. really make them feel that they're, they're... Uncomfortable. Oh, God, yeah. Very uncomfortable. Very, very. So they can be sort of like puritanical people in a really rotten, dodgy... No, dodgy's not strong enough, but, you know, in a world where... Mm. It's just impossible. Where everything to around them is corrupt. Correct. Everything around them is corrupt, and they are the outliers and terribly uncomfortable. Yeah, and they the cannot they cannot escape it. So they we know that they'll be being judged against you know their own set their own criteria in terms of what you know makes you a sinner. Um, yeah, mm. send them there. That would be their their version of hell, I'm sure. So they're. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I'll have to get the planning think... permits put in for trial by world to get that development done. But uh, yeah, I think we've just expanded. <laughs> Can, can you play um, Waiting for Satan bag. along like up and down the, the streets as well so that they can have to endure <laughs> that shit? Oh, yeah, because he's still coming for you, ladies and gentlemen. He's still coming. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It ain't yeah, over yet. I know you just killed battle. him, but it, it turns out you didn't win the final battle. It's yet to come. You've so just lost whilst you wait, we'll put you in Sin City so we can find you nice and quickly. And uh, the yeah. music will tell you that he's on his way. Just you ding, wait. Game ding. on moles. Ding, ding. <laughs> game on moles. Brilliant. Okay. It's just, just an after uh, a postscript. I do want to say that whilst I talked earlier about the Catholic Church and various churches, um, I, as a young person of around Margarita's age, did consider myself taking up a vocation of being a nun. Um, so I'm not anti-religion, as we know, and I'm not anti-devotion or vocation. And I would like to say that I have met some exceptional people who have devoted their lives to community and community service through the church. And I'm not church bashing whatsoever so the comments I made earlier around the Catholic Church though I think I'm calling it out because it's a thing it's real and as a Catholic I think we um, have to own it to get past it so hmm. that's just my point nice on that. wrap up good chat I like the fact good that chat. you've got your faith in the way you mm. view it I think that's I've talked to you about that a lot mm. and there's times when I've needed mm. your faith to help me with different things when I was a bit younger so there you go mm. back in the day yes, that's right it's true well, what would Schmitty do? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that is, soap. do the opposite. Yeah, yeah do the opposite. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope that wasn't too heavy for you. No. Bit bonkers, bit crazy, bit uh, violent. A bit like tool work. 
on the hammock. Yeah, you know, yeah, 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 on the hammock. Yeah, yeah, we're all feeling yeah, quite fit uh, after that. Yeah, really energized. I suppose I miss you already. Brilliant. Well done, oh, Schmidt. That was very interesting. Love you long time. That was really good. Well All done. Right. Well done, Schmidt. No Cheers, worries. Cheers, guys. Ciao, ciao. Bye. Bye. Ciao. Thanks for listening to Trial by Wine. You can contact us at trialbywine at gmail.com. Please rate, review and subscribe to Trial by Wine on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to support us, you can become a patron at www.patreon.com, Trial by Wine. Or visit our website, www.trialbywine.com, to donate to us. Your support will help us cover many more cases and apply wacky sentences. We really appreciate you listening and hope you tell everyone about us. Our cover art is by John Christo and music is by Beauchamp from pixabay.com. Mm-hmm.